And uh, Steve Martin's attempts at being a Frenchman, uh, as a Frenchman trying to be fluent in English, are not turning out so well. And this morning, we're not going to talk about that kind of fluency, but we're going to talk about um, being fluent, not just in any old language, but in the language of Scripture. And hopefully, we have a little bit more success uh, than, than he did in, in the clip there. But uh, as we've entered as a community into Year of the Bible, and maybe you've are tired of hearing that, and maybe you're hearing it for the first time today. But in 2009, as Lutheran Church of Hope, one church, multiple locations, we are reading through the Bible. And some of you are, are doing that individually, some of you in small groups, um, and uh, also here in worship. As we're going through these scriptures together, we're starting in the book of Matthew, and that's why our scripture is from Matthew uh, today. And we've been saying that the ultimate goal for us this year, maybe the most important thing to remember, is not to get through the Bible. That's not the ultimate goal. The ultimate goal is to let the Bible get through you. And there's a big difference there. And that's the purpose of Bible study. That's the purpose of small groups, is that we're studying God's word together and we're letting it take shape and take form inside of us. Because for you to be changed, God's word is is living and active and moving inside of you. And so another way of, of asking that is, are you fluent in Bible? If I was teaching a language class, I would get up. If I was trying to help Steve Martin, I would say, are you fluent in English? Do you speak English? Are you fluent in French? And so today the question is, are you fluent in Bible? Are you fluent in Scripture? In other words, do you speak the language of Scripture because it's so natural that it just flows out of you? And today our hope is to tackle that um, question and to explore what exactly it means for us to be fluent in God's Word. Um, There are Bibles underneath the chairs, and so those of you that are sitting on the ends here, if you need a Bible, just raise your hand and you can pass those down. Um, We're going to be looking up some scripture today that won't be on the screen, and so you'll need that. Um, A handy tool to have, and if you don't have one um, and you're here today, uh, just take it home with you. You can steal it, and that's fine. Uh, It's on us, so we want to get those in your hands. Um, So if you need one, just just raise your hand. We're going to be looking up um, some scriptures. First, got to start maybe with the word fluent. Well, what does that mean? And that could help us understand how we be fluent in the Bible. And so if you look up the word fluent in the dictionary, here's kind of what you get. Um, spoken or written with ease, um, able to speak or write smoothly, uh, flowing as a stream, capable of flowing fluids as liquids or gases, and finally easily changed or adapted. And so if we would apply those definitions of the word fluent to God's word living inside of us, another way to ask this question might be, does it flow from you? Does it flow like a stream out of your heart? Do you speak the language of Scripture? Does it flow naturally out of you? Maybe are you flowing with God, with his living word? And so first, right off the bat here, don't get me wrong. Today, we're not asking this question to use it as a measuring stick and how well you know God's word because um, that's the last thing that any of us need to hear today is that you haven't read God's word enough or you haven't read it um, as much as you should and so you're a bad person. That's not what we need to hear today. It's not about can you recite 25 verses from heart. Um, Then you've fallen short and you're a horrible person. The reason that we ask this question is because that's what we're shooting for. The ultimate goal is not just to memorize scripture. The ultimate goal is to let that scripture take root in you, to soak it up, and that you produce fruit. 
as a follower of Jesus. So it's not just about memorizing, but memorizing it gets us to that point. Having a knowledge of Scripture gets us to that point where we can live it out day by day. And we can all grow in that, no matter where we're at. Colossians 3.16 says this, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom, as you sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs with gratitude in your hearts towards God. We want to be the kind of church community at City Branch where the word of God dwells richly in us, where there is an abundance of God's word written on our hearts. And so before we go any further about what fluency means, I think that there's three main ideas that we need to remember as we're talking about uh, knowing God's word in deeper ways. And these are what we could call um, foundations, some things, some hooks to hang your hat on as we're talking about scripture. Because you can't just put it in a box and say, that's a book. That, that Bible that you're holding today is just a book. Because God speaking to us, God communicating with us, is so much bigger than just a book. And we know that the Bible in itself is much more than a book. And so there's three main ideas that I want us to kind of hang our hat on today as some foundations as we're studying this. First of all, this first truth is that God is still speaking. A lot of people have this idea that what God has said in his word, that's it. That's it. That's all there is. God is no longer speaking. God kind of set the world in motion and now God's off somewhere kind of doing his own thing and just saying, well, good luck that he doesn't have anything to do with us anymore, but God is still speaking. So imagine this. Can you imagine a relationship where you have no communication whatsoever? Think about um, a father um, if you asked him, um, so, so dad, what, do you, what have you been talking to your children about lately? And he said, ah, I don't know. I don't really talk to them anymore. I love them a lot though, but I don't really talk to them. It seems absurd, doesn't it? That would be kind of a crazy relationship. For those of you that are dads, you're like, that wouldn't be the kind of relationship I want uh, with my children. But for many people, that's also their approach to their heavenly father, to God. But we know that God can still speak to us in so many ways. Through experiences, God can speak to us through other people, uh, through these deep convictions in our hearts, through nature. But one of the key ways that God still speaks to us is through the Bible. God is present tense. He's not past tense. The Bible is, contains history, but it's not just a history book. Don't let it just be a history book. Let it be what it is, and that's the living and active Word of God. Turn with me in your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 4. Hebrews is in the New Testament, um, backed by Paul's letters. So if you go past the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, it'll be past there. Past there. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. If you've got it, say, I'm there. All right. Hebrews 4, 12. For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to the dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. And so what Hebrews says here is that, that instead of scriptures being some, some dry 
intellectual, academic exercise that we go through that you can check off your list and say, I'm a better Christian because I read my Bible today. These are deep. These words that you're holding in your hands today are deep and real words that speak right into whatever you might be dealing with today. If we believe that God's word is living and active and that God is all-knowing and that God is ever-present, that he's everywhere, don't you think that God's word has something to say to you right now? There is not a, a, anything that's going on in your life right now that scripture does not say something about in one way or another. Scripture has a way of speaking in to the depths of who we are like nothing else. Because it's God. It's God speaking to us. It's not just words. God knows you in your innermost being. And so when you read scripture, God is speaking into the depths of who you are because he knows who you are. And so maybe the question for us, if God is still speaking, if he's living and active today, maybe the question is not, is God still speaking? Maybe the question is, are you listening? Are you arranging your life? Are you um, setting up your life in a way that's conducive to slowing down and listening? If God perhaps did have something he might want to say to you. And what would that be? Chances are, because God knows you in the depths of who you are, chances are you're sitting there right now thinking, if only I could hear God tell me this. That would set my heart at ease. Maybe it's an identity thing. Maybe it's a fear that you have about the future. Maybe it's that you just need to hear that it's going to be okay. Whatever you need to hear today, that's exactly what God wants to speak into you today. Are you listening? Are you listening? The second key idea I believe that we need to remember when we talk about hearing God's voice, we talk about hearing God's word, is that reading God's word in the Bible is about a relationship with a real person. One of the roadblocks for so many people is that, that we never get past this idea that the Bible is just an academic book, that it's just kind of like an a encyclopedia or you know, a history textbook that you have from your college days that is stuffed away in some bin or box somewhere in the basement. Um, sometimes we treat our Bibles like that, that um, you, you take it out and you read it only either when you have an assignment, like, oh, I wound up in a Bible study. Shoot, now I should start reading. They drug me into a small group again. I better get my Bible out and, you know, dust it off. You know, and, but we do that with textbooks too, you know. Oh, I need to find something out. I've got some textbook about that from college and we pull it out once in a while. But here's the thing. Nobody reads textbooks for fun. <laughs> um, when's the last time you read a textbook about business management and felt your soul just refreshed and renewed? Probably not. There's a difference between textbooks and the living, active Word of God. But when we forget the Bible is really, we forget that it's really about the one that it's pointing to. And that's Jesus. And we miss the point. Scripture, at its heart, is meant to be a conversation. The Bible is not a list of exceptions about these really famous Bible people that got to talk and hear from God. You see this all throughout Scripture. And God said to, and they said back to God. It's a conversation. And so the Bible is just a book of examples of what it looks like to have a conversation with God. 
for God's people that are, are learning and struggling and trying to follow him, it's a book of examples. So maybe to put it this way, do you have um, any of those friends in your lives that you've developed such a close relationship with, maybe that you've lived close to them or lived with them, or maybe you just talk a lot on the phone, but you have such a close relationship with them that when you pick up the phone and they just go, hey, and you go, what's up? You know it's them, right? Maybe you don't say that, but um, whatever you say, you have those people in your life that when they answer the phone, you know it's them, right? And how do you know it's them? You recognize their voice because you've spent time with them. You spent quality time with them. Maybe it's that they're in another room or you're at a party somewhere or you're at a gathering and you're in one room and they're in the other room and you can just hear their voice and you're like, oh, Bill's here because I know his voice because I've spent time with him. John 10 says this, he calls his sheep by name and leads them out. And when he has brought out all his own, he goes ahead of them. And his sheep follow him because they know his voice. This is Jesus talking in the Gospel of John, describing this relationship that we can have with God through his word. It's not just about you know, hearing voices in your head, like you got the devil and the angel on your shoulder and people hear these voices in their head. We can hear God speaking to us through his word. We're invited into a relationship with Scripture. The Bible that you're holding in front of you today, you can have a relationship with it because it's pointing to Jesus. It's all about Jesus and it's his word. And so as we read scripture, we get to know Jesus in a relationship better, just as you get to know those people that you talk to on the phone all the time and you hear their voice. Okay, thirdly, this third key idea that we can kind of hang our hat on this morning is that we must remember that God's word is applicable to whatever you're going through. And it doesn't really do us any good to talk about becoming fluent in the Bible if we don't believe that it has something to say about our lives. Because so, so many of us, we're like, oh yeah, I need to read my Bible. You know, I'm in Alpha, I'm in a small group, I'm in a Bible study, I'm, 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 at, I'm at church, I should probably do that, I should probably read my Bible. But then you kind of go on with your life and Monday comes and Tuesday comes and you go to work and you go to school and you go to wherever you go and you're like, that's a Sunday thing. Because what would the Bible have anything to say about my life seven days a week? There's a reason that the Bible is the number one best-selling book of all time and will always be. Because when we read the Bible like no other book, it's like staring into a mirror. Because when you get up in the morning, (laughs) you have to face yourself in the mirror. And you look at yourself in all your imperfections and everything that you are. And you may not like what you see, but the great thing about Scripture is that when we look into the mirror of Scripture and when you're looking into the Word and you're studying it, it not only shows us who we really are in all our imperfections, in our sinfulness, but above that it says what's deeper about, about you and that's that you are a son or a daughter of God. That's what the Bible says to you when you look into it as a mirror. It says, yeah, You're messed up and you don't have it all together. But what the Bible tells us is our identity. And that's why it's so important. It's the most important thing that God wants you to know because everything else flows out of that. Do you know who you are? And the Bible speaks to that over and over and over again. We're brothers and sisters in Christ. We're the family of God. We're the chosen people of God. You are the beloved of God. You are a son 
or daughter of the king. So when we look into the Bible, it's a mirror. And like no other book ever written or ever will be written shows us who we really are. And so those three ideas form this solid foundation for us as we look at what it means to be fluent in the Bible. Um, And so what does it look like? What does it look like? What does the Bible say being fluent is? Uh, Let's read this up on the screen. John chapter 15, 4 through 5. This is Jesus talking once again about what it means to be fluent. Let's read this together. Remain in me and I will remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. And so the first image that we get of letting scripture live in us and through us, Jesus says is a tree or a vine and its branches. Jesus is comparing all of us to these branches that the the only way that they're going to grow, actually the only way that they're ever going to survive, is if they stay connected in the vine, if they remain, if they abide in Jesus and his word. And so the first thing we know about what it means to be fluent in the Bible is that it means being connected. It means remaining in him. Because branches don't get strong and produce fruit by saying, ah, I think I'm just going to hop off the tree and lay on the ground for a while today. They don't grow that way. You have to remain connected. You can't chop a branch off and then just duct tape it back on and expect it to be fine. It has its roots deep. It has its connections deep. It's by continual connection with the source that they have life. So being connected. The second image we get in Scripture of what it means to be fluent in the Bible is that it takes training. If you're going to be fluent in a language, it takes lots of dedication, doesn't it? There's a lot of you, I'm sure, that have took Spanish in high school or French in high school or German, Norwegian maybe, I don't know. You took some language class in college, but it takes time. You don't learn to speak a language overnight. And just like our friend uh, Steve Martin, Jacques Clouseau up here, he's really struggling with it. He can't even, what, what was he trying to say? I would like to buy a hamburger. Yeah, even as something as simple as that, we have to start small and grow slow sometimes. Exercise, if you will. Let's go to Hebrews chapter 5. You were just there. Hopefully you didn't lose it. Hebrews, instead of chapter 4, we're going to go one more chapter to chapter 5. Hebrews chapter 5, 13 through 14. Hear about this training. Hebrews 5, 13 through 14 says this. Anyone who lives on milk, being still an infant spiritually an infant, in other words, is not acquainted with the teaching about righteousness. Listen to this, verse 14. But solid food is for the mature, who by constant use, who by constant connection, have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. And so even when we haven't been connected to Scripture for a long time, many times what we'll do is instead of that constant connection that Hebrews is talking about here, many times what we'll do is that we'll turn to God for quick answers. Ever done that? Ever had your Bible and say, hmm, what job should I take? What city should I move to? You know, and then it says Babylon or something like that. You can't do that with the Bible. You can't just flip open the Bible and expect to get an answer. And sometimes that's what we do is that we only pull out God's word or we only pray 
and ask God to speak to us when we have a big decision to make. But we, we look for quick answers, a quick word, but we haven't trained ourselves in hearing God in the little things. My roommates happen to be both marathon runners. I am not. And they probably run more miles before 8 o'clock in the morning than I have the last nine years. So what I noticed is that one day I ran with one of them and I didn't make it very far. Is because they're on a different training regiment than I am because by constant training, they've built up that endurance. And if I was just to jump in with their training schedule, I would die. And I did. So for me, it's two times around the block and then three times around the block and then four times around the block. But I'm on a different training schedule for them. I would collapse after the first mile. And likewise, just as you train for a marathon or you train and you get in shape or you train to learn a language, we can train ourselves to apply scripture to our daily lives. It's a part of learning to live in a new way, to speak a new language. Is that mean, it means over and over as you say, God, in this little thing, in this decision, in this relationship, it starts by asking God and inviting him into your day. Something as simple as that was when you wake up in the morning, when you're brushing your teeth, when you're getting ready in the morning, it's something as simple as saying, God, I want you to live through me today. I don't want to just go through today with my agenda. I want you to live through me. I want, I want your word to speak to me today. When's the last time you just stopped and said, Father, what do you want me to do about this? Father, what's, what's going on here? When's the last time you just stopped when you had a decision to make or you were unsure about something or you're fearful about something you said, Jesus, what do you have to say about that? What do you want to say to me about that? Because I know I can't figure this out on my own. I don't know the future. I don't, I don't know where God's going to take me in my life. I don't, I don't know how to fix and mend this broken relationship in my life. Jesus, what do you, what do you think about that? Chances are God might have something to say. And so stay connected. And continual training is how we begin to become fluent in God's word. And so what does this look like when it's lived out? How do you start applying scripture to life circumstances? Well, our, our gospel lesson that we heard today is a perfect example of that. So let's go back to uh, Matthew chapter 4, where Mark read for us this morning. Matthew chapter 4, 1 through 11. Jesus shows us what happens when you're fluent in the Bible? <laughs> Who else would be our example for that? Jesus knows the Father. And so Jesus is being tempted by Satan in the wilderness. And so we, we know right away that this isn't a lightweight match. This isn't Jesus just kind of hanging around doing nothing. This is Jesus, the one who is truth, versus Satan, the author of lies. What more perfect time to be fluent in Scripture? And Jesus uses that to his advantage here. And so we know that Jesus is tempted three different times with three distinct lies from Satan. And what Satan's trying to do is to twist Scripture. And let's see what happens. First of all, we read that Jesus has been fasting for 40 days. So Jesus' weak spot right now is hunger. Is hunger. And so we read in verse 3, the tempter, Satan, came to him and said, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. To which Jesus responds, it is written, man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. So how do we respond in a difficult situation? 
How does Jesus respond when he's at his wit's end, when he's dying of hunger? What, what does he turn to for his source of strength? Scripture. It's just flowing out of him naturally. Next, Satan comes and, and takes him to a holy city and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. Satan says this, If you are the Son of God, he said, throw yourself down. And then this time, Satan even quotes scripture back at Jesus and says, oh, don't worry about it. Your angels will protect you. They'll take care of you. Which goes to show that it's not just about memorizing scripture because Satan memorizes scripture. He probably knows more than you do. But look what Jesus knows more than most of us. So it's not just about memorizing scripture. It's about letting scripture live through you and knowing the truth. And so Jesus, once again, fluent in the Bible, says this, it is also written. Do not put the Lord your God to the test. And finally, the devil takes him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. All this I will give you, he said, if you will bow down and worship me, the devil said. Once again, Jesus says to him, away from me, Satan, for it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Once again, the protection, the response to a difficult situation in his life, what does Jesus do? He turns to his Father. He turns to the Word of God. And so this is an excellent example of what it looks like. But notice what Jesus didn't do. This is what a lot of us do. He didn't try to argue with the devil. He didn't try to talk himself out of it. He didn't either try to impress Satan with a great display of power. Jesus quoted Scripture But it wasn't his ability to quote scripture that gave him the victory. He quoted scripture to let Satan know who was in charge. That's where the power came from, and that's God's truth. And so this passage that we heard today is far beyond Jesus just being tempted in the wilderness. It's one of the greatest examples of what it means to be fluent in scripture. Jesus didn't have time when he was tempted by Satan to say, Whew, boy, that rock, I could make a nice Panera loaf of bread out of that and just put some butter on that. Oh, that would look so good. But I probably shouldn't. I need to talk to my dad first. I'll be right back and I'll get back to you on that. No, he was fluent in scripture and so it flowed right out of him. Jesus didn't say, I'll get back to you on that. It came right out of him right there. And so being fluent is starting by connecting, by continual continually training, and finally, like we see in the scripture, being a reservoir. Jesus was a reservoir. If you think about um, a, a, a body of water that holds water, just spills over because there's so much of it in there, Jesus was a reservoir. And so out of the backstage prop bin comes a reservoir. And so what we're talking about um, is not whether... Our hearts are necessarily a glass that's half empty or a glass that's half full with Scripture. But what we're really asking is, is it overflowing? And so the question for all of us this morning is, are you a reservoir? As you're living your life, as God's Word is pouring into you, are you full or are you giving from abundance and are you overflowing? Jesus said in scripture that when God's word lives in you, your heart will have streams of living water flowing from it. That it's a fountain 
that continues to give life and continues to breathe life into others. And I'm not going to drop this because that would be bad. Oh, there it is. It's okay. That can clean up. And so we're not talking about being a glass half empty or a glass half full. We're talking about what it means to have an abundance in your heart. Luke 6.45 says this, The good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart, stored up in his heart. And the evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. For out of the overflow of his heart, his mouth speaks. And so the question for us this morning is, are your words, are your actions, are your decisions coming from the overflow of God's word in your heart, from God's scripture that is living inside of you. Because the greatest thing, the greatest thing about being filled up with God's word is that our hearts become sponges and that they soak it up. And as we're overflowing, our hearts become sponges and we're actually able to share that with others. If you were sleeping, now you're awake. And so that's one of the great benefits is that when you start living this, when you start becoming fluent in Scripture and your heart becomes a sponge and it starts soaking that up, you can share that with others. Good thing I didn't throw this one. That'd be bad. And so that is a benefit to others as well. And when you're giving from abundance, it naturally flows out on other people. And so Jesus says to us this morning about his word, Jesus says, I don't want to be your homework. Jesus says, I don't want to be your duty. I want to be your life because I am life and my words are life. And here comes the mop crew. <laughs> Just right there, it's fine. Yeah. That's fine, you can leave the rest of it. No, yeah. Jesus says, I don't want to just be another thing. I don't want to be another duty or obligation for you to do. Because when it all comes down to it, it's about a relationship with God, with our Father, and it's about hanging out and talking. And so we have a, a final video clip that we want to show you this morning. And you may have seen this movie before. It's called Evan Almighty. And uh, for some reason, I really like Morgan Freeman playing the character of God now, the movie is about building an ark, and you all understand that. It's, you've heard the story of Noah and his ark. But what I want you to pay attention in this clip is just what we've been talking about today. It's not so much about building an ark. What I want you to pay attention to is on the natural conversation between the father and his son. The natural conversation that God invites us to. You did good, son. You changed the world. No. No, I didn't. Well, let's see. Spending time with your family, making them very happy. Gave that dog a home. Right, so? So? How do we change the world? One act of random kindness at a time. One act of random kindness. Wow. 
It's time. Do the dance. Care to join me? God says to each of us this morning, I have so many things I just want to tell you. So let's hang out and let's talk. And that's why we want to be fluent in Bible. So you're hanging out with your father lately? Are you doing the dance? And no matter what you're feeling right here, right now, this morning, if you feel like he's right there beside you, just hanging out under the tree, or maybe you just turned your back lately and you wonder, where's God? He seems so far away. Know this, that he is right there beside you today. City Branch, it's time to get fluent. It's time to do the dance. Let's stand together. As we talked about today, there's a lot of different ways that God communicates with us and that we can communicate with God. And just as we saw Evan and God talking there, let's talk to God. Let's see what he has to say to us. So would you join me in prayer? Jesus, we thank you for your words of life. We thank you that the Bible is not some irrelevant book that has nothing to do with our lives. But God, this morning, we ask that you would change our approach to your word, that you would make our hearts sponges, and better yet, that you would make our hearts reservoirs, fountains of life that overflow. God, I pray that streams of living water would flow from us here at City Branch and that we would spread that life and that joy and that peace to those that we encounter every day. God, we know that many people here today and, and those we know in our hearts feel far away from you, that we just can't connect with you through Scripture. And God, I pray this morning that this week, that today, that this year as we're reading through Scripture, that it would come alive to us. We claim your promise that your word is living and active. And so for those of us that are just feeling disconnected this morning, for those of us that are just feeling maybe lazy or don't have the motivation, God, I ask that you would make your word come alive, that you would speak to us in a very clear way. God, every single one of us has something that we just desperately need to hear from our Father this morning. And so we invite you to speak. We invite you to tell us how much you love us, that you delight in us. God, we thank you for what you're doing through our community here at City Branch. And God, we ask that you would continue to reveal to us what it is that's your vision for us, what our mission is, even clearer, God, as we reach out to the city around us. 
God, we thank you for men's ministry and women's ministry and for small groups and prayer and missions and children's ministry and music. God, and all the other things that go on every single day at City Branch. God, we thank you for being faithful. We thank you for growing us in width and in depth. And God, as you send us out today, once again, we ask that what we've done in here this morning would fill the streets out there, that it would not stay in these four walls, but that it would go with us as we live and move and have our being in you this week. Jesus, it's in your holy and precious and life-giving name that we pray. Amen.